All right, so we're going to talk about three major doors on today, just for a moment. These are the three major scenarios by which the enemy comes in. There are more people that have demonic issues than you would think. I told you about one time that I had this arthritis pain on the side of my leg that just would not leave. How many know sometimes we deal with stuff too long? Okay, kept dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it. And then one day, I, I will never forget this, one day I just got mad and, and I thought it was sickness. And I remember I slammed my hand on my calf and I can't remember what I said. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And I was talking to the pain, but I felt an animal jump off my leg. I don't know why the Holy Spirit gave me this glimpse today when I got out the shower and, and, and I didn't really pray about it, but he kept giving me this glimpse. You ever seen these animal shows and, and, and you'll see a rhinoceros or, or, or a bull or a cow or a lion out there on the safari. You ever notice it's always other animals riding on their back free of charge? Birds. But you, you actually see other animals too. And I, that always mystified me over the years. Why are you riding on the back of a rhinoceros? You got wings. You also see this in the sea when it comes to whales and sharks. Go look it up. They, they're going around and these other little small things are just attached to them. And so the Holy Spirit was showing me that, more, this, that this morning, and I believe what he was showing me that the same way that animals have attachments is the same way that human beings do. Yeah. It's things that are riding with you all the time, on your shoulder, in your life, in your ear, on top of your head, in your car, okay? I, mm, do I want to share that? All the folk that's not going to get in trouble always telling me yes. Say it! Yeah, but you're not going to be the one interviewed by CNN. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then you be the very one. I told the pastor not to say that. I don't know why he says so. That's how people, they turn on you in a second, man. He paying attention. I'm just joking. Well, the, 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 well you, you, you wouldn't know who the person is. person loves God, got saved, been delivered, set free, etc. Not fully. So, even going through inner healing, different things like that. And so they said, uh, and the gifting that they have is called discerning of spirits. All of us have a particular gift of the spirit. One of hers is obviously discerning of spirits or the Lord has just opened up her eyes. And she says, I can't believe that other people can't see this creature that follows me. She says, I get in the car and she says, he's sitting in the back seat. She says, no matter where I go, he's with me. She said, he in the house. She said, it's only, watch this. It's only one time that he stays away. I said, when is that? She says, when I come to your church. She said, when I come to the church, she said, he hangs out over there on the backside of the parking lot behind the vehicles, trying to hide from y'all. Authority. Okay. So, because I told you, my personal address, my house, and this location, the other one, these are fortresses in the spirit. Fortresses, very intimidating to darkness. And so, uh, and this is going to sound strange to y'all. It just so happened the day before that I read the testimony of a demonic spirit that was following a lady because she wouldn't let cigarettes go. And so when I told her that, I said, well, I was, I, I asked her questions and I didn't know the girl smoked. And I brought, I just mysteriously brought that up about things. She said, oh my God. She said, I had a feeling that that thing was following me. And that's the thing that's enforcing me to smoke. So she recognized, see what I mean? So now, in her particular case, she saw it, okay? You don't need nothing following you. The only thing that you need following you is goodness and mercy. 
Bible says goodness and mercy shall hunt you down and overwhelm you. Holy Ghost ain't following you. He's in you. The angels are not following you. They assist you. The only thing you need following you is goodness and mercy. But if you're not doing the things that makes goodness and mercy show up, oh, Lord. Let me read this as a, as a disclaimer. It's very important to understand that as you see us operating in the power of casting out unclean spirits, that they don't come out and just enter another person in the room. It's very important. You watch these stupid movies on. Y'all remember that movie with Denzel Washington? Was it called Seven? Fallen. He walked down the street and the demon just passing from person to person. And, you know, this person speaking to him. Hey, Denzel. And the next word, hey. And you're like, oh, my God. Satan is so real. Oh. That's the devil using those in Hollywood to put all of you in fear so that when you get ready to do what Jesus told you, you're thinking about the movie and not the word. When they come out of people, they have been so whipped and beaten by us, they go to another place for a time, lick their wounds, and then try to come back to the same person to see if they can get back in. They can only get in through what we call doors, windows, openings, or walls that have been brought down. I'm going to show you that in a moment. Now, let's look at Jesus telling us what demons do. Luke 11. When an evil spirit leaves a person... It goes into the desert, not another person. Now, this is Jesus telling you how they operate. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, searching for rest. Why? He just got beat up. <laughs> this is the total opposite of Freddy Krueger, ain't it? But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from, not another person. I'll return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. I'll explain it in a second. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. This is the reason why sometimes we will not send children through deliverance until we have least ran through one of the parents. Because in, in, in almost overwhelmingly all cases, what children experience is directly tied to what the dad is doing. Sometimes the mom also, okay? But it's usually directly, whatever that dad is doing, he opens up the door to let what comes in this household. Now, the scripture says that if the wife is saved, and this is vice versa, if the wife is saved, it says the house is cleansed and sanctified because of the one, okay? But most, and I'll get to that in a second in regards to what happens to children. Y'all realize that half the demons Jesus cast out were kids, Notice Jesus said, when the spirit leaves, it goes into the desert, not another person. The spirit's first motive is to return to the original person to see if he can get back in. If the spirit sees a way back in, he reinforces himself with spirits that are stronger than himself. So that if it happens again, they have a better chance of staying in. Y'all got that. Okay, so you're going to see some crazy stuff every once in a while. I really shouldn't say every once in a while. <laughs> okay, you're going to see things, okay, from time to time, just like Sunday. Okay, I mean, people weren't expecting that. Next thing you know, we're on the children's church side dealing with that. And I let five people, it was five of us, I just stood back, four individuals, it was their first time. And one lady, she said, if I hadn't have seen this, I would have never believed it. She, she said she just went home and just sat there on the couch for hours. I cannot believe what I just saw. I just, she was, this is unreal. Okay, so, um, yes, so y'all got that. I want y'all being scared. <gasps> Something happened over in the corner. You running out the building down the street. Call the police. You know, police can't deal with this. <laughs> you remember that scene? In Sunday? 
Okay, Job 1, 8 through 10. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I'm taking pieces out. Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and abstains from and shuns evil because it is wrong. Notice God knew this about this man. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job reverentially fear God? Rever or reverently, whatever the word is, I'm not thinking. See, y'all can't even get it together either. Does Job fear God for nothing? Watch this. Have you not put a hedge, everyone say force field, wall of light? Have you not put a force field, a wall, a wall of light about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have conferred prosperity and happiness upon him in the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. He said, so it was a challenge. Most people don't, this is gonna sound strange to y'all. This was a challenge. Satan said, let me at him and the man will break. God said, I'll prove to you that he won't. Go ahead. That seems cruel to y'all. I wanna get to the other teaching of that. Okay, some other stuff in regards to that, why God let that happen. But, but here you have God, when you read the story, it says Satan went before God and God was like, where are you coming from? He said, well, just, Walking up and down the earth, acting a fool, looking for who I can destroy. He said, have you considered Job? Now think about that. God, God is looking for a man he can brag on. He, I mean, think about that. God wants to be able to tell Satan, yeah, yeah, I know you got them other churches. What about lying her church? Okay. Okay. And so Satan says, well, we can't get to the man for two reasons. Number one, everything he do, you blowing it and make sure it works. And not only are you blowing on it and making sure it's working, you're blowing on it and making sure it's working while you're protecting. There's a force field around him, around his house, and everything that he owns. So it's a force field even around the man's 3,000 camels. We can't even get to them. Trying to help you understand the other dimension and what it looks like. And when the reason why God says, be holy because I am, because when you become like God, you also get his level of protection. Amen. Satan wants to pull you into sin because he can pull you into sin. And if you stay there, then God, unfortunately, he is illegal to keep that wall up. And then it starts coming down. And then boom, Satan has access to you. I'll show you a couple other scriptures that prove this. Ecclesiastes 10.8. He who digs a pit for others will fall into it. And whoever breaks through a fence or a stone wall, a serpent will bite him. That's the Lord hinting. The Lord uses wordplay a lot. Okay? He uses wordplay a lot. Y'all remember when Jesus said, he said, he was standing in front of the synagogue. He said, destroy this temple and I raise it up in three days. And they were like, fool. They said it took us 50, 60 years to build this temple. You talking about you're going to tear it down and build it up in three days? And the scripture says, but he's actually talking about his physical body. But he didn't tell them that. He just let them stay confused. Jesus was off the chain. He was always talking in code, okay? And so here he's letting you know that you have a force field, but if there's a part of it down, a snake is going to come in and get you. Isaiah 5, 5. Now let me tell you what I will do with my vineyard. I will tear down its hedges and let it be destroyed. I will break down its walls and let the animals trample it. 
demonic creatures are always referred to as birds, snakes, or animals. Ezekiel 13, 5, you have not gone up into the gaps. How many know there can be a gap in a wall? Or breaches. Do you all know what a breach is? You ever see the military or the police officers? Um, they put a little bomb on a door, and then the door blows open. That's called a breach. It's an opening. You have not gone up into the gaps of the breaches, nor built up the wall for the house of Israel, that it might stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. In other words, you're going to fight against an enemy, but if you're not protected, if you've got holes in your armor, if you've got gaps in your wall, if there's a breach someplace, if there's an opening, if you've got a window or a door open, you're not going to be able to stand in this battle. That's why the Bible says put on all of the armor of God so that you can withstand the enemy. Y'all got me? Okay. So. That I'm just giving you a little bit of understanding in regards to it's still mysterious to let you know that you're not just what they call a human being. This right here, this is poverty. The Bible in the Hebrew, it calls this a slave. Actually calls this a slave. It's only supposed to do what you tell it to do. Your body has windows and it has doors. Your spirit, man, it has windows, it has doors, it can be a wall around you, it can be a force field around you. And if you, how many of you know, it doesn't matter how nice of a house you have. And it doesn't matter what your intent was. Go home today, and before you go to bed, leave a window open. Huh, why are there moths? Where'd all these mosquitoes come from? Why are the chipmunks and squirrels eating up our cereal? Uh, 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 it's not rocket science, folks. You just left open a window. And if you leave open, a, leave open a window, they will come into your life, and their purpose is to destroy your life without you knowing it. You just can't figure why you can't get a job. Why you can't seem to get your act together? Why you can't stop stealing and can't stop cussing, can't stop getting angry and don't even know it's because of the presence of this thing that came into your life based on that door. Door number one, as they say on The Price is Right. That might be the wrong game show, but y'all got me. Is sin. That's the major, a major door. And there's two types of sin. I think they have a graphic here. You have the sin of commission and the sin of omission. The sin of commission is sins of commission are deliberate and willful acts of disobedience. You know this is wrong, so you do it. So that can be sexual sin. You know you shouldn't rob a bank, but you do it anyway. You know you shouldn't steal the wallet out of that person's purse, but you do it anyway. You know you shouldn't have an abortion, but you decide to do it anyway. You know you're not supposed to kill this individual and stab them in the back. Those are sins of commission. Those are things that they are wrong, but you do them. Sins of omission, here's the definition, sins of omission are knowing the right thing to do, but refusing to do it. Y'all see the difference? Okay, so omission, you know you should forgive, but you won't. You know you should come to church, but you can worship God at home. You know you should tithe, but you don't. You know you should be reading and studying the Bible. You know you should be praying, but you don't. This also would include commands that the Holy Spirit gives you. Yeah, I remember when the Holy Spirit told me to um, repent in front of the congregation Well, if I didn't do that that would be a sin of omission he told me to do something I just refused to do it because I want to save face in front of the people okay Lord told you to give your next door neighbor a hundred dollars I don't know them <laughs> my wife will tell you I got the Lord told me to give a thousand dollars to a stranger at a gym years ago I had to sit up there and have a whole 20-minute conversation with the man about why he was worried to receive a thousand dollars let me tell you something Somebody give you $1,000, just look around, make sure this ain't no trick. <laughs> Hold it up to the light. I received that, brother. 
I'm sitting up here analyzing. Why would, here's he said, why would the Lord do something like, he had a poverty mentality and the Lord was trying to break it. And we had to have a 30 minute discussion about why God loved him so much he wanted to be a blessing to him. So he took the money and was afraid to spend it. Three weeks later, they're at church and his wife said next to him, honey, I think we're supposed to give this man next to us $500. So long story short, they did. The man had caught a ride to church that day. He was a mechanic. His van had broken down. He needed $500 to fix it. So that broke that poverty mentality. You know what I'm saying? Just, just dude, I mean, just, Lord, I ain't going to give you everybody's personal business. I mean, I was, never mind. So yes, sins of omission, sins of commission. When you do that, you open up the door for the enemy to come into your life. And they start moving in, moving in. And they always can influence us from the outside, but they can influence you more if they get on the inside. Let me give this example again. Oh, man. To help you understand how this works. It's very mysterious. Okay, the Bible makes it clear. Remember what Jesus said? That that demon spirit will come back to get back into his home. I cannot tell you how many times, almost every time, that I have cast out a demon the demon just challenges us. He says, this is my home. I mean, they are upset. This is, I mean, they take ownership of your behind. They're like, this is my home. You don't have a right to kick me out of this home. This is my home. You don't have a right to kick me out of this home. You know, no, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Okay, but remember this. If, 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 if this was your house and this was your living room, okay, now I want you to imagine this. If this is my house, this is my living room, and all of you represent enemies because you were able to get on the inside of my house. You now have access to everything in here the same way I do. You understand that? Okay, so this is my house. I have access to that chair. But because you're in my house, now you have access to that chair. This is my house. I have access to this microphone. But now that you're in my house, you have access to this microphone. Now, what's worse is that if you then come into the house and all of y'all tie me up and set me over in the corner, now you have access fully what's in my house freely. That's called demon possession or being demonized. And now a creature crawled on the inside of your house, ties up your spirit. That might sound strange. And now he uses your eyes. He uses your vocal cords. He uses your limbs. Why? Because he's using your house. Y'all understand that? It's still mysterious, but that's how it works. They climb on his, in that dimension. The spiritual dimension is just so insane. So, yes, you can be a Christian. We cast a demon out of somebody. And the main thing that they said that they try to convince Christians uh, of is the fact that uh, Christians can't have a demonic issue. <clears throat> so, sins, omission, sins of a commission. Try to get that. Try to climb on the inside of your body. And now, next weekend, I'm going to go over how you can tell that you might have an issue. Okay? And it's going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, <laughs> let me ask you this question right now. Can a person have a demon and cast one out? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, y'all have heard testimonies. I, you know what's amazing to me? Some of you have heard this. might even happen to you. Your friend brought you to church. You living for God, and now they are heathen. You ever seen that before? You even seen movies, these movies about, you know, uh, Martin, he made a movie, not Martin, it was the Dean Martin, whatever his name is, like Steve Martin. He made a movie about being a fake evangelist. But because the boy believed, he got healed. See, always remember this, the gift turns on for the people, not you. 
This is the reason why a preacher can be off and still getting results because the Lord is still using his raggedy behind to help folk. He'll have to stand before God as a result of it. But yeah, you can definitely have one and have an issue and still be the same way that I can be sick and get you healed. Because you got healed by your faith, not my sickness. You understand that? So yes, you can have that issue. It was another question I was supposed to answer, but we'll keep going. So sins of omission, <laughs> I keep coming back to that. Sins of commission, okay? So they can climb on the inside, bam, and we'll go over that next weekend. The second one is life circumstances. This may seem a little strange to you, but I hope you understand why. Evil spirits have no sense of fairness, compassion, or mercy. They never hesitate to take full advantage of times of weakness in a person's life. For most, this time frame is during a person's childhood. A child is completely dependent upon others for protection. Without question, the majority of people who have unclean spirits receive them during their childhood. Okay. I know I can pretty much think, I think almost every case that I've dealt with, the thing had been there since the person was a child. And it's deep because they were and they rehearse everything that happened since they've been in them since a child It's one Sunday. It was it was a I wish you could have seen this after we got Jezebel on her way. <laughs> the next one that came up, I can't remember his name, but it was a full blown Jamaican spirit. I wish you could have seen that. It was like a Jamaican man that was just drunk. He's just running his mouth, telling us all of this woman's personal business from birth, told us everything that he'd been working on her since she was five years old. He's just sitting up here like this and talking to that Jamaican. We could, I mean, I had a hard time understanding the accent. I mean, Yaman and I mean, just, I mean, all of that stuff. It was unreal. And it was like, it was, it was almost like he, that Wonder Woman wrote was on him, making him tell the truth. He didn't even look at us, wouldn't even address us. He just kept talking just, and, and just, just laid out everything. Yeah, he said, we did it to her. We did it to her mama. We did it to her grandmama. You know, yeah, we are the ones that convinced her uncle to rape her. I just just going through a list, just a list, a list, a list, a list, a list. And it was just unreal. And then, you know, and then and then in the midst of that, doing stupid stuff. So, you know, I told them because she had her kids there and we had some other kids there, you know, and after about an hour and a half, I told them, I said, look, I need to go get some food for these kids. So I said, I'll be back. And um, so I said, so y'all go ahead and keep dealing with the spirit. I'm gonna go get the food with the kids. He told them, hey, y'all going with them. <laughs> <laughs> It's unreal, you know, I mean, and, and when I was addressing him, I wasn't most of the time. When I was addressing that particular one, I put him on hold and I was just teaching him. They all stand around him. He's still running his mouth. I said, I teach him. I said, now look, this is what he's doing. This is what he's saying. And, 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 and so I would say a few things. Don't listen to him. He lying. He lying. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's unreal. So there will be times when we would demonstrate it. Now, the problem with deliverance is this. When it manifests, you don't know if this is going to be 30 seconds, five minutes, or five hours. So there will be times when we will demonstrate it, and if we can get it done quickly, bam. If not, we'll demonstrate it to show you how it looks, and then we'll just take them out and, and deal with that. Y'all got that. Parents need to understand their responsibility to protect their children, as well as how to protect their children from demonic oppression. The quickest way to understand and determine what doors were open in adults in an adult's life is to hear an account of a person's childhood. Because you can determine the behavior and what's there based on what happened to them 
as a child. Children have experienced trauma, rejection, violence, neglect, sexual perversion, the list goes on and on and on. All of these things. Um, see, I grew up thinking that you had to be a fool for the devil in order to have a demonic problem. No. It's just a simple thing of they take advantage of ignorance. Didn't matter if you knew or not. It didn't matter if your parents were right or wrong. They take advantage of things. And that is the thing that hurts God's heart is because he has a church that's playing religious games instead of rooting out the devil. Every church is supposed to operate in this and most don't. And as a result of it, you got people who they do love Jesus, but they're stuck going around the same mountain over and over and over again. Okay. Um, I remember the lady that did the uh, documentary. Um, if you all are interested in this, I have the documentary. I can send it to you. Um, we played it at this church first, Mary J. Um, but it's a documentary about six lesbians and six homosexuals who were all ingrained in that life and how all of them came out. It's a wonderful film. All of them went in a different way and all of them came out a different way, but through Jesus. It's an amazing, amazing film because I remember one girl and it's, it's, it's six men, six women, and it's all multicultural, white, black, Hispanic, etc. And I remember the one girl, she said, she said, I never had a lesbian thought in my mind. She says, I did it because somebody dared me to kiss a girl. And she said, next thing you know, she said, I kiss a girl one time. She said, all of a sudden now I'm a lesbian. And she said, two years later, she says, when I come to get delivered, she says, I'm in a church spitting in the pastor's face, cussing them out because they casting demons out of me. Yeah, because the first kiss is what opened up the door. That's why Jesus, Satan told Jesus, I just need you to worship me one time, not 10. This folk that's been hooked on stuff because they tried it one time. One time. Some of us got in trouble. One time. You never went to a club in your life, but the one time you went. Man, how I end up in this situation? I knew I was in the All of us have been there in some different type of area. One time. Once. Oh, but anyway. So it's, I never forget the one, by the way, the one, uh, somebody, I might remember the guy. So there's one guy in the film and there's a girl in the film. He used to be full blown homosexual, acting like a girl and everything, just dresses, all that. And the girl, she was, she was the, the she, lesbian. So they both got delivered. They both got married and they just had their first child. Yeah. So if y'all remember them, they did. She lost her first child, unfortunately, but they did. Came, came back around, the Lord got them. And so they just had their uh, second baby. They're fully in ministry and doing stuff. Got all of these different things. And so, so that group, by the way, during this month called Pride Month, they're doing the opposite. And they're marching because of the pride that comes from being delivered from Jesus Christ. They're doing meetings and parades and all of those different type of things. But I remember his testimony. He said that the Lord showed him that, because um, he said he did give his life to Christ, but he was in a gay nightclub. And, and he wanted to leave, but he couldn't. He just, he couldn't. And so, but the Lord gave him a vision and showed him that there were demonic creatures on top of the building with pitchforks. And, and every time he got ready to leave, they put that pitchfork down and he couldn't go past that pitchfork. This stuff is beyond real. Okay. So back to her testimony. She said that when she was a child, her parents took her to a haunted house for Halloween. And she said that there was some little thing that they had and when they're in the dark and they she said this monster jumped out at her she said and she didn't just become frightened she said she operated in a different dimension of fear so much so she said it overly frightened her she said she felt her being open up and she felt a creature crawl in 
This is as a child. And that was one of the things they had to cast out of her. See, so you need to educate yourself. Your ignorance of it does not mean anything except for you will be ignorant of it. I don't believe in that. I learned it does not matter what you believe. All that matters is what is the truth. It's the individuals that refuse to believe it, you on their side. Okay? So, I've, I mean, I've seen that, you know, with, with, you know, unfortunately, those can be very uncomfortable and violent, you know, but I've, I've dealt with cases where we're delivering someone, they have been raped or they have been molested. And, and a demon, with, with pride, with pride, announces itself, I'm a demon of rape. And then they tell you how they got in, tell you who they influenced to rape the individual. And, and then said, and, I can, and the reason I can stay is because she won't forgive the individual that did it. So you got to spend hours now trying to get the person to forgive. Once the person forgives, then the thing leaves. It's unreal. I don't care how many family members talk about you. If you don't feel like your little baby should go over your sister's house, keep their behinds at home. I'd rather you talk about me for the rest of your life versus me to have to pull up in front of your house with a grenade launcher. Forgive me, Jesus, for I know not what I'm doing. <laughs> Sit up for all you want to. Oh, not me. I would read the Bible and pray in tongues. Mm-hmm. When your mind snap. Well, look like I'll be starting a ministry in jail. What's your name? <laughs> you don't need that. You don't need that. All it takes is one time, folk. One time. One time. Let me tell you one of the most horrific things that I have done. As I was a mentor, I'm thinking about doing that again. I was a mentor at South Cobb High School right down the street. And there's this scene that we do where we ask all 30, 35 students. We tell them, now don't put your name on it. Write on a postcard something about you that if the other students knew it, they would feel sorry for you. And then what we would do is we would read the card in front of the class. They would always get me to read it because the rest couldn't make it. And I struggled because the stuff that was on the card, it scared me. I, when I tell you the stuff was on the card, I'm, I'm like, okay, see, and I mean, no, the, the one class is representing the whole. And the stuff that I'm reading on there, I mean, I was just like, the first time they asked me to read this, I said, y'all want me to read this? This is crazy. This is evil. It was, un- I can't even mention some of the stuff they read on the card. And this is what's happening to the kids because of the society that we live in and the perversion just coming in and the church acting like a punk being scared. We won't say nothing. We don't want to teach on demons because, you know, they might ostracize us. They already ostracizing you. Anybody coming to your little raggedy church services? Whatever, I'm sorry. That's just how I think. I shouldn't have said that, but. Hey, so that's how life circumstances Okay, unfortunately, you know, y'all, and you can't, you can't blame God. All you can do is say, you know what? Thank God that I can get free. Let me get other folk that's free. It's life circumstances, okay? You were born to a certain set of parents or certain things happened to you or you were good or you had good parents and they just didn't know. They didn't know that you were in the back room at one o'clock in the morning watching that movie, watching them haunted, haunted movies. And they didn't know you were doing that. You you were sneaking and doing it. Oh, Lord, here we go. 
you were sneaking. Some of y'all snuck and watched pornographic stuff. Some of y'all snuck and watched haunted movies. I was too scared of my parents, so the only thing I got away with, some of the older folk know what I'm talking about, is Benny Hill. Y'all remember Benny Hill? I'd be down in the basement. It would always come in after Sanford and Son. I'd be right downstairs listening. If you don't, now I don't need to tell y'all who Benny Hill. No, it was back then, it was that day's definition of perversion. The whole movie was about him going on feeling on ladies and, and trying to touch their behinds when they wouldn't look in. He was really a pervert. That's all he was. It's P.B. Herman's daddy. That's who it was, probably. I don't even know where that came from. Okay, so, but I was sneaking, okay? So, so I thank God that I was so scared of my parents that it's just something stuff I just couldn't let come into the house. That's what saved me. That's what saved me. But, but see, and, 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 but guess what, though? My dad, he would almost get mad with the fact that um, his wife didn't want to celebrate Halloween. And he, my father was a straight Christian, but when it came to Halloween, he just didn't see the problem with it. And my mom was like, no, we're not celebrating Halloween. He would get upset, okay? And guess why, guess why he was upset? Because as holy as he was, that was a spirit trying to get him in that area. See? And I, trust me, I'm, my dad was a righteous, he almost bop you upside the head if you ask him. I'm, he'll tell you, I'm going to the gas station. Could you bring me back some cigarettes? How dare you ask me to buy you some cigarettes and I don't smoke? I'm a holy man. He'd go off on you. My, my sisters couldn't even wear pants until they were 18. Because he said a woman shouldn't be wearing what a man wears. He ain't got nothing to do with anything. That was just his thought. I mean, he didn't. I mean, watch this. He was so crazy. I'm saying that crazy in a bad way. He was so crazy with it that because of the Sabbath day on Sunday, we could not water the grass on Sunday. You couldn't get gas on Sunday. You couldn't do nothing but go to church and then just play in front of the house and play jump rope. That's what we did all the time when we were kids. I'm dead serious. That's how serious it was. When it came to Halloween, he was ignorant in that particular area. And if it weren't for, the, for my mom, it's a possibility that myself and my two sisters would have been exposed to something, just like this girl Mary J was. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So this is us entering into it, but every week, I mean, because we're going to talk about the stuff that comes from video games, the stuff that comes from jewelry, the stuff that comes from music. The music you listen to is the easiest way for spirits to get on inside of you because music lets words enter you without your permission. That's how most of us learn ABCs. Can't even say the ABC, A, B. You, you can't even say the ABCs without singing. You try to do it without singing. And it's just A, B, C, D, L, M, N, O, P. <laughs> All right. So the first major door is through sin. Second major door is through life circumstances. You're in a sort of circumstances and something happens and they take advantage of that. It can be something as simple as you were too scared to tell your parents what was going on when the lights turned off because they wouldn't believe you. Something as simple as that. Lord had to take me back in time because I was having this experience in my room and I didn't know what this thing was. I didn't know what it was. And it would always make this crazy buzzing noise. And I put my head above the covers and, 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 and I didn't, my parents didn't know. And I now know probably have a talk with my kids because I might have missed something when they were growing up. You know, but you got to learn this stuff you know, I mean, one of these days we have to have Linnea share with you some of the stuff that their, their own children brought up. What was the thing? And one time he was talking about a dolphin in his room or something. A dolphin bit his leg. You're like, quit acting crazy, boy. No, it was a real demonic spirit. 
I mean, these things are real, and your children don't play with this. They don't play with this. That's why you shouldn't let your children have imaginary friends. You know, I mean, y'all, this is going to sound goofy. And you need to be, I'm saying, we're getting to this stuff, but I'm going to mention this stuff now as the Spirit leads me. Be careful about these baby dolls. Y'all, I just heard of two cases. One lady was collecting baby dolls from around the world. Long story short, the husband, long story short, the Holy Spirit revealed to them, get rid of them baby dolls. The husband went upstairs in the attic, and, and what the Lord told them to do is you got to disconnect the pins from the baby doll. And he said, and so they said, as they started doing this, the rest of the baby dolls started talking and said, please don't do this to us. Now, on that one, I might have to leave. I mean, I'm just letting you know. I'll run at some stuff. That one, I'm going to be like the Terminator. You know what? I'll be right back. Come back with a flamethrower. I got something for all you fools. I'm trying to tell you. You in a room and the Lord told you to get rid of the baby dolls and you start picking one apart and the other 49 start talking? He said, all of them were screaming at the same time. Because spirits can be attached to physical objects. It'll blow your mind how many times in the Old Testament God told them, he said, if you bring this occultic object into your house, the thing that's on the object will get on you. It's unreal. Now you understand why Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not like going to church. We've been going to church. Still dumb. Now watch this. This is even crazier. This one guy, he... Let me get this right. Him and his wife went either to China or India, brought back a doll for their daughter. Okay? The moment they gave the, daughter, the, the doll to the daughter, the daughter... Um, started having emotional problems, depression, and kept wetting herself in the bed. Now, they never attached it to the dial. <laughs> okay? So they went, they, thank God, they ended up going to a deliverance minister and they were praying and he was teaching about these things and the Holy Spirit revealed to them, get rid of that dial. And he told them, don't throw it in the trash. He said, take the, pin, I don't know what, take the pins out of the dial and dismantle it. So here's what's deep. The man went home with his wife. He started picking apart the dial. As he's picking apart the dial, all of the stuff his wife was having pain in her bodies was also coming out. As he's pulling apart the dial, his wife is getting healed and the pain is leaving. They never told the daughter about the dial. He just picked it apart, destroyed the thing, threw it away, and the next day the child started coming right back to normal. Never wetted himself, came right back. See? See, the inability to understand this realm. Now, you see all of this freaky deaky stuff in Scripture, but we tend to put the Old Testament back then and we up here in a different technological age. Wrong answer. I'm going to break all of this down. And so this is the Lord. Remember when Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed? This is the Lord having us dismantle every little thing that we didn't know about so that we can really be free. Because after this, psh, when you start getting this understanding, it, oh, yeah, you got to pay attention to everything. I told you about the gentleman that his, 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 his mom is, his mother-in-law is Chinese. She just gave him a necklace. Okay? He instantly started having headaches. Didn't know where they were coming from. And this guy works out, is very much in the health, stays hydrated. Headache after headache after headache. He said he even fasted and prayed. After he fasted and prayed, the Holy Spirit said, get rid of the necklace. Got rid of the necklace, headache gone. 
And don't be fooled by the fact that the item is an angel. It's not an angel. It's a statue. So one guy, he lived with his mom and his mom had the statue about this high brought in something, you know, Catholic, whatever it was. And, and he set the, and, and set the thing, you know, in the aisleway of the walkway of the house. And the man said it made it so uncomfortable. He said, every single time I walked past that statue, he said, I felt a hand trying to grab out of me. Felt a hand trying to grab out of me. Okay? So he destroyed that thing. Some of y'all heard the story. I just keep walking back from podium to podium, don't I? Some of y'all heard the story about the lady that moved into a new house in Michigan. They reached out to us and sent us this. This was years ago. Reached out to a house. And every single night she was plagued by that little gremlin. And the thing was just in the dream, just dancing and just tormenting her. Blah, da, 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 you know, just acting like a jester. That's how some demons act. Blah, 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 every night, every night, every night. Okay. And so she eventually worked her way into the basement one day. And, you know, let me see what I want to do with the basement. Over in the corner, she said, was a big sheet. Pulled the sheet down. It was a statue of the gremlin that was in her dream. The Lord told her, destroy this thing. Destroyed it. Never had the dream again. So the devil is trying to keep this information from the church. You know why? Why would you want individuals to know about the thing that you're using to lock down their destiny? Last one, inheritance. First one is sin. Second one is life circumstances. Third one is inheritance. And let me give you a full spectrum definition of that to help you understand. Um, several demons that we have cast out of people, they said, I have a right to be here because I've been here in the bloodline. So now all of us experience this, though, so don't, I'm just using Nisi as an example because she was in on a delivery, particular one that I was doing. And, and, and the demon said, I, you don't have a right to cast me out. I've been in her for 12 generations. And Nisi said, fool, you can't be in her for no 12 generations. She's only 27 years of age. He said, I'm talking about the bloodline, you idiot. That's exactly what he said. Okay? And don't be moved by that. They call you idiots. They call you fools. You're pretty much going to get cussed out on a regular basis. And, and, and when the demon cusses you out, you ain't been cussed out until you've been cussed out by it. I'm just letting you know. Your, your mama, your grandmama, whoever you was talking to on the street, baby, whoever it was, no, you didn't get cussed out like them. These dudes, they cuss you out. <laughs> when that thing got to cussing us out on Sunday, the new people was just like, because they was in that religious mode. This is profanity in the house of God. This is a building. You the house of God. So, so folk were freaking out that, that first time when, when Satan showed up and I put the microphone in his mouth and, and, and the recording on the, on the media page, the recording starts with him cussing. And folk was calling me, dude, you had me hemmed up thinking I was on the wrong website, man. What type of church do you call and the sermon starts with cuss words? God ain't religious like that. It'd be different if I was cussing. Y'all know what I'm saying? You got to be careful, though, because they'll pull you into that. Next thing you know, you feel like you want to cuss him back because it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And they get to using all of that profanity and let you. And next thing you know, you didn't got your finger ready. Oh, <laughs> see, I got a joke with Eureka. See, I can joke with Eureka. She was helping us cast out a situation and she wasn't paying attention. That thing said, wham, smacked her right in the face. Eureka got right in the flesh. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, I got it on tape. She's like, no, no, you, 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 you got, you got, she said it. You got one time to do that. <laughs> That's just how it is. 
I'm dead serious. These things, y'all got to remember, they are masters at the flesh. So they'll pull you in and you'll get caught up and you got to get yourself back together. Come, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, it's, 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 it's very exhilarating. And not all of them are like that, but you get some that are just crazy. I've been spit on several times. Several times. Just, just I mean, just... You get, and, and it's mainly when you're in the heat of that, you don't even, you're not moved by it. By it. Now, they get you every once in a while, you know, so, but um, anyway, inheritance. Multiple instances have been found where evil spirits were able to indwell people through the process of false inheritance. Here's true inheritance. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Okay. When you give your life to Christ, the only inheritance that you have is what comes from Christ. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. And whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. You ever heard of earnest money? That word earnest means down payment. In other words, your inheritance is so insanely ridiculous that the Holy Spirit is the down payment for your inheritance. Now, I want you to think about that. What does God have in store for you where the Holy Ghost is the down payment? I don't think y'all understand what's on the other side. And that's why 1 Peter 1 through 4 says, well, actually, I'll read that one. I'll read that next. 1 Peter 1 through 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with great expectation. And watch this. We have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change or decay. Now, the Bible is written at God's level, not yours. So when God says something is priceless, how many of you know God could put a price tag on the planet? How many of you know that from a technical point of view, you could... If we could do this, which we probably could at this point, you could you could add up all of the houses in the planet and then put a price tag on the real estate of every house. You could add up all of the cars and say, based on all of the cars, this is pretty much what it would cost. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And that's men. See, but but when God says something is priceless, what level is it on? So so watch this. Your inheritance is so priceless. No price tag from me can be put on it. Your inheritance, what's on the other side, is so valuable, it's so big, it's so rich, that the only clue that we can give you is the Holy Ghost is a down payment on it. And that's why 2 John 1, 8, he said, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you will receive your full reward. So we'll get over into that later. Because some people, very few will get a full reward. That's a huge challenge, by the way. Huge challenge. Okay. <clears throat> so this is the definition of false inheritance. 
when you are told that because of your parents, you can expect to receive their weaknesses, their frailties, their negative personality traits, and their mental or physical illness. That's false inheritance. In most cases, it was unclean spirits who worked that into your family in the first place. They worked it into your bloodline and they want to continue it in yours. It's a slick way of the devil giving you an inheritance he wants you to have. So my instruction to you is get the word hereditary out your vocabulary. Go in your dictionary and put a line through it. Quit accepting and believing what these people have been saying over you. Because a lot of us, look, let me tell you something. It's too many Christians and just people in general. You go to the doctor, first thing they want to say is, hey, what's your daddy die from? You might want to lie and say he's still living. What's your daddy die from? What's your mama die from? What's your great grandfather died from? And then as soon as you, and then whatever you tell them, they tell you that's what's going to happen to you. And then you accept it because you got some symptoms. See, that's called false inheritance. See, see, it was a, it was unclean spirits that worked this particular thing into your family. And then they convince you that that same thing, well, you know, my mama was angry like that. What they got to do with you? Well, you know, my daddy died. Look, I don't care if my daddy had cancer, my grandfather had cancer, my great-grandfather had cancer, my great-great-grandfather had cancer, and my uncle had cancer, and my cousin had cancer, and my sisters had cancer. I don't care if the dog started barking up blood. I don't care if a goldfish got a boil on top of his head. I don't care what the dog is barking or what the cat is meowing. I don't care if my next-door neighbor got cancer. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That ain't a thing that got to do with me. Yes. You know what David said? He said, if 10,000 fall at my side, it ain't going to come close to me. Man, come on, Jesus. That's the mentality. I don't care how many people die around me. That's y'all. I don't know what y'all doing. I don't know what y'all believing. I don't know what has been told into your mind. But my Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New. I can't be new and old at the same time. I got connected to man. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. This is your inheritance. This is the only thing that's hereditary in my life. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He said, now, verse 2, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his what? Benefits. This is the only thing that's hereditary when you become a Christian. Who forgives all thy diseases? Who forgives all thine iniquities? Excuse me. Your sins, don't matter what your family, how many of you got somebody in your family, I remember you way back when. Wonderful. I'm so glad that you got a memory, better memory than Jesus. Because apparently you remember some stuff that he said, I cast your sins as far as the east as from the west, and I remember them no more. That's the benefit. So you got folk that's trying to make you become hereditary just when it comes to your sins. Who forgive? that's why he made it personal. Who forgives all thine iniquities who healeth all your diseases not based on what's hereditary I don't know about your family members I know about you who redeems your life from destruction don't matter how many people in your family member won't cry who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies regardless of who treats you wrong 
who satisfies your mouth with good things so that you can feel young again. I'm going to satisfy you. With, I don't care nothing about what your preacher got to say, who didn't prophesied. All these individuals talking about God is against prosperity. Let them believe that crap because God will deal with you. That's one thing I learned from Bishop Oedipo. He said God blesses individuals, not groups. It's false inheritance. The only inheritance is right here in Psalm 103. All of us, how many of y'all want a job with benefits? Some of y'all want a man with benefits. So it was on a woman with benefits. I understand this is you, but what you bringing to the table? You know what I'm saying? But y'all liked them, especially back in the day, man. You couldn't get a job. Some, back in the day, them stay-at-home moms, they were more interested in the benefits than they were the hourly package. Do we got health insurance? Am I going to get paid if you get killed? How much vacation and sick time do you have? Why? It was something about those benefits. And Jesus said, yeah, these are benefits for those that accept me. It being summed up in one word, Zoe, the God kind of life. That's the only thing that's hereditary. Now, the choice is you. I said before you blessing and cursing. And in case you're too dumb to pick, pick, pick which one is right, choose blessing. <laughs> See, but that's how they use it. It's called false inheritance. Okay? It's something that convinces you that because your mama was crazy, you crazy. Well, you know. You know, Alzheimer's running my family. Well, the marathon stops at my front door. We, you know, several of my family members in jail. Wonderful. It's because they robbed a bank. You got a choice not to do the same thing to put them in jail. It's not that deep. Okay? And then you get these so-called professionals, whether they in pulpits, whether they're in schools, or whether they're in the medical institutions, that now want to prophesy something over you. An amazing testimony is that Bishop Oedipo shared was a man at his church who went to the doctor for a regular checkup, told the man he had AIDS. Body shut down, I think, within three weeks. Something like three weeks or three months, something like that. And the man believed what the doctor said, and even though the man did not have AIDS, his body started shutting down, shutting down. At the point of death, got a phone call from the doctor. Oops, sorry, we made a mistake. Not me. No matter what you tell me I got, I didn't believe it in the first place. So I wasn't going to get no phone call. And I probably don't get no phone calls. I'm probably not going to see you in the first place. I'm not saying there's anything going against doctors. I'm just saying that you got to be careful about setting yourself up for failure. Somebody's going to ask you, you know, they're going to interview you and give you a diagnosis based on what happened to your uncle. Well, you know, your, your last, your, your daddy and the granddaddy, they died from cancer. Wonderful. I don't know what they were eating. Okay. <laughs> they didn't exercise. They didn't drink water. And, 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 and watch that. That's all fine and dandy, but Bob this doesn't say anything that God would, wouldn't heal you if you didn't do those things. Now, see, there's such a lack of power of God in, in the body of Christ right now. The new power in the, of God in the, body, in, the, in the body of Christ now is called being a vegetarian. <laughs> if you want to be a vegetarian, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you don't want to eat meat, there is nothing. The Bible says God has accepted the meat eater and the vegetarian. But a lot of people are becoming vegetarians because of fear. Not because they recognize it might be a better way of eating. Well, the power of God doesn't work. The word of God doesn't work. The preacher laid hands on me and that didn't work. Let me try eating carrots. And then they just get insane. 
all of these special waters now. They got all this special vinegar and prune juice mixed in it and special minerals. And man, I ain't got time for all that. <laughs> Give me a piece of bottled water. <laughs> I know what I said. I was just joking. Give me a piece of bottled water. Then, this is how I determine if I should drink water. All right, that tastes all right to me. Bam. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being more healthy. I'm just joking around. What I'm saying is that has nothing to do with the power of God. And there are preachers telling people, why would God heal you when you've been eating this way for the last 30 years? Uh, maybe because nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about my previous diet when it comes to healing. I'll be arguing with people. I just, y'all, same thing with the demons. Just quit arguing with folk. Point them back to the word. What is the word? This is what the word says. This is, this is what the word says. You know, I can't, I, don't, I probably shouldn't be sharing this, but, you know, we just had a situation where, where a person was in it, was, was arguing with one of our ministers about praying in tongues. Okay, and I'll cut it out if I shouldn't put it in there. I can mention no names. I don't know the person, they live in another state. They're arguing with one of our ministers about praying in tongues. They say, well, the word says this. Well, my pastor said, and, and, and when the minister told him, well, what your pastor said is not in the word. And the person wanted to talk about, well, my pastor said, my pastor said for the last 30 years, my pastor said. So the minister told him, I tell you what, I'm not going to argue with you about what your pastor said versus what the word says. So what we'll do is I'll hang up. And if you want what the word says, you can call me back. Okay. Click. <laughs> person called back, started praying in tongues within two to three minutes. Saying about what your pastor said. Y'all actually think that God is going to be consulting me when you stand before him? No, I'm going to be in the same, same soul lot. He's sitting up there. Oh, Jesus, please. Let me. Oh, I sure hope I did the right thing and I got me a mansion. I'm not living in some old tool shed up here. Oh, Jesus, I hope. I don't care nothing about all that prophet, pastor, title. Those are titles. That's all it is. And titles mean nothing to God. It means stuff to people. Okay? So y'all get my point. Okay? So, so, and so we have to take our time with this. We have to take our time with this. Because I had three messages packed in one. I said, nope, I guess I'll do each piece so we can, we can drag this out and I can squeeze everything. So because during this process, you, the Holy Spirit is going to teach. You'll be one little thing. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, will flash something in, in, in your mind that's been in your house for 10 years. I'll be preaching. And it's going to be things the Lord will tell you. He's going to say, get rid of that. Going to get rid of this. Get rid of this. Get rid of that. Get rid of this. Get rid of that. And, and it'll be little things. You know, a man gave me a piece of jewelry one time. And it wasn't no, no funny business or anything, but he gave, me, he gave me a piece of jewelry. I already didn't like it because it was chintzy. I mean, you know, I, there's, a, there's one thing when it's chintzy. I don't know. It's another thing. I don't even know if that's a word. It's cheesy. I'm saying chintzy. It's another word that I'm thinking of. That's how raggedy it was. It's not even a word for it. It was, I mean, you can give somebody a piece of jewelry and you're like, oh, this is not real, but it's nice. I can wear it until it turns a different color. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know how I think. But this thing, when, when I was just like, this don't even feel right. And it just made me, it just made me uncomfortable. And so, and I just threw it in the trash. Let me tell you something. You give, let me tell you something. Your safe bet with me is this right here. <laughs> you give me something, I will throw it in the trash. 
I will. And I'll be, and then the things I throw in the trash, I ain't throwing none of your stuff in the trash, Renee. I still got your stuff. She gave me a couple of paintings. I don't want her walking up. Did you throw my painting in the trash? I'm just letting you know that if I question it, remember that, remember that lady that wrote me that letter? My wife angry. I don't even remember what the letter said, but it was, it was just a nice little, I don't know what it said. And, and, and I put the thing on my dresser. And was it the Lord or was it you or was it both of y'all that told me to throw the thing away? <laughs> oh, Mark, you took it. Oh, okay. So before the Lord, <laughs> Mr. Investigator right here. So I set the thing on my dresser. And it, trust me, it was innocent. Don't matter what it said, it's the intent. See, my wife laughing at me talking about it was innocent. I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying the writing was, never mind. Psh, okay? But she went and got it with the intent of throwing it away. When I didn't see it there, I asked my wife, I said, where's that letter? Because the Holy Spirit had told me to throw it away. Something as simple, all it is is just a nice letter from one of the members of the church where she wasn't a member, she had been visited. It's just a little nice thank you, you know, whatever else. Throw it away. See, it's, the thing is, it's not the thing. It is the invisible spiritual cord that is connected to the thing. It's never the thing. So there are some things that are completely innocent that God will ask you to throw away. And it's because you can't see what is attached to the thing. And it's the thing that's attached to the thing that's going to destroy you. And it can stay in your house because you won't get rid of the thing. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to be willing to take every painting off the wall. You got to be willing to do everything. Some of them, look, when it comes to, let me tell you something. This is not racial. This has to do with the continent. You better be very careful what you bring back from Africa, India, China, Haiti, Jamaica. Be very careful. See, see, because those cultures have been around the longest. They've been around the longest. See, all the, the UK and the United States and, and Canada, those are newer nations. They ain't, you know, they ain't not even in the Bible back then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they ain't in the Bible. But, but over there on that continent, the continent of Africa and over there in Israel, that's where everything started. That's where everything is rooted. That's where everything has been launched from. You're going over there with your sunglasses and your little sun hat, just looking around. Oh, I think that's a nice little idol I can bring home and set on the table. You waking up two o'clock in the stuff because stuff is moving. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but a lot of deliverance ministers don't bring pictures. Uh, they don't like a lot of deliverance ministers. I'm not saying they're right. A lot of de deliverance ministers are really against people bringing little frogs in their house. Um, frogs can frogs are hugely demonic. OK, hugely in the book of Revelation, it talks about three types of frogs that came out of this individual's mouth and they were three spirits. So, so I'm not saying ever look, I'm, how, how about this? How many know the biggest thing to do is to follow peace? Okay. Now I'm not saying that if you like frogs, that, oh, I got a pet frog at home. I'm not saying you're demon possessed. I'm just saying go home and look at them. <laughs> Lord, I'm just checking. Being a little bit comical to make this lighter. But, you know, there's a reason why the scripture says to be sober and to be alert. Pay attention to everything. Because everything you see is not everything you see. The Bible says that what you see is not even real. It is the stuff that is invisible that is real. 
So you got to be checking in with the Holy Spirit to say, is there something behind what I'm looking at? And you got to ask. And so during this thing, these few weeks, I mean, we're going to get fully over. We're going to do a whole series just on the occult, witchcraft, psyche, necromancy, talking to the dead, you name it. Ouija boards. It's amazing how many people get demon possessed fooling with Ouija boards. Ouija boards, tarot cards, palm reading, um, all type of stuff that is new to me. <laughs> all of this type of stuff. Reading tea leaves. Don't let nobody read your palm. You know, if somebody want to read your palm, yeah, uh, give me one second. Then write the whole scripture, John 3.16. Say, there it is. Uh, how about you read that? You got to, that's how your grandmama used to do it, man. How many of your grandmamas, they didn't play. So I'm just saying, okay, so we're from everything from that to music um, to the video. The video games have become a huge portal for the demonogram. Huge. So much so, in Japan, it has become an epidemic. The kids are committing suicide by the droves. Psych the psychiatrist said, we can't do nothing with this. They said, we can't do nothing with this. It is the enemy locking down, and seemingly nobody wants to bring this up. And, and, uh, but I encourage you, encourage you to do your own Bible study, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look at how many times when it referred to Jesus, it always attached miracles and healings alongside with Jesus casting out demons. Something the Holy Spirit told me yesterday, and this is where I close. He said one of the main reasons why the body of Christ is not getting results when it comes to healing cancer and arthritis and paraplegics and all of those things, he said, because it's rooted in the demonic, like laying on the hands. That's very much so. You blow your mind how many times, uh, y'all remember when a woman that was bent over for 18 years? And remember what Jesus said? She need to be loose from her infirmity. He said, he said, Satan bound this woman for 18 years. And so, so you up there trying to use pills and, and diagnoses, I always joke with that word, and, and all of that type of stuff. And listening to the doctors sitting up there with five clipboards doing all of their analytical data and all that. No, Jesus said, simple. He said a creature crept on the inside of her body and locked her in that position for 18 years. 18. Okay. And it was amazing. Remember, the, I, was read, I was reading the scriptures last night. There was one guy that he couldn't speak. And the Bible says Jesus cast a demon out and then he could talk. Another guy, it said that he was deaf and mute. Says Jesus cast the demon out and then he could speak and hear. So how much stuff is out here that is behind that? We sitting up here trying to put on medication and, and do all of this type of stuff and sending them through all of these uh, psychiatrists to try to work this and, and, and wonderful when it comes to uh, rehabilitation, you know, services, all that. Sometimes you've wasted five years and all you have to do is speak a word. So we'll talk about probably next weekend, how to detect. That list is going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, am I even saved? Yeah, you're getting in, you're getting in. <laughs> okay, so how we're going to close the service is, the Lord led me to write a prayer, let's go ahead and stand, for us to repeat. <clears throat> Thank you, O oh Lord God. And so what we're going to, start this process of, you know, if you could see this, if you could see in the spiritual realm, there are people that have like cool, y'all remember that scene in the matrix? That's what the Lord showed me. Remember the scene in the matrix where, um, when matrix first, when Neo first came out of the matrix and all of those things were attached to his back 
attached to his arms. That's what it looks like in the spiritual realm. That's what it looks like is um, um, these, these wires that are attached and, and they're attached to different sources in that realm. When the church first started, church first started, the Lord opened up one of the eyes of the individuals in the congregation and operated in the prophetic. There was a young lady that was standing right here. And when the Lord, it might have been Francia, but when the Lord opened up that person's eyes, what they saw was the person standing here. And you know what a dog collar looks like? But it was a dog collar around the person's body. And it was a chain. And it was a chain, and the chain disappeared into the wall. And the Lord told her, he said, it's a creature holding it. Okay? And that's what it looks like when, when you just seem like you just can't get on top of this thing. You keep trying to do this particular thing that's right, and, it's, and right when you're there, it's like something pulls you, yanks you back. And, and this, is, this is what it looks like. This stuff is all in the Bible, but, but when the church doesn't teach it, you roll past that scripture. And you just kind of see it as religious when wrong. Jesus said you would deal with it more in this day than that day because it's increased. It's a parable in the Bible. You know, remember Jesus said, he said, let the wheat and the tarot grow up together. Sin will be at its full capacity, so will righteousness. Darkness will be running at 100% and so will the light. Okay, so, you know, this is just a start, you know. I, I can't even call paying at a price. We say we pay a price, but any price that you pay for God is worth it. It's worth seeing people get set free, and, and um, some of you are going to have to move faster. Some of you are going to have to move. What I mean by that is you're going to have to make decisions, and to make a decision to do what is right. I was very surprised at the number of dreams that the Lord gave me when it came to specific individuals. It was just like the Lord said, tell this person, tell this person, tell this person. So there'll be some people I'll be talking to. Don't be like, is it me? Is it me? If you said that, it's probably not you. It's usually the ones that think they're right, that is. You know. And what Jesus said, he said, because y'all say you don't have no sins, it means you got all of them. That's what he told the religious guys. Okay. So, you know, we're just going to pray this prayer. And after we pray this prayer, you know, just in your own words, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring certain things to your attention. I uh, feel led to share a certain thing so that you won't be confused. There's a part of the prayer where I tell you that you will renounce all negative ties to your family members. I did not say you're renouncing your family members. I'm talking about the negative things. I don't want you to hear that part of the prayer. Hey, man, that's kind of cultish. No, it's the negative things that are in your family. Alcoholism, drugs, anger problems, suicide, mental problems, bipolar, all of these things um, that have been uh, going on in your family. It's you renouncing that. You're saying, that's not hereditary for me. For me, the only thing that's hereditary is what Jesus said. Okay? Okay. So I'm going to have you repeat this after me. Okay? And uh, it will be up on the notes when we put up the message so that you can have this. And we'll be doing this probably every week because we're just going to be just cutting, 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 cutting. And for many of you, it'll be the first time you'll be able to move with speed. Because, okay, no matter how much uh, the gas pedal is pressed down, Okay. If there's a rope that got the car tied, it can't go anywhere. It's just spinning his wheels. And you get frustrated because you're like, I know I'm, what? You can't figure it out. Nobody explains it. So go ahead and lift your hands. Thank you, O Lord God. And just repeat this after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I renounce 
all negative ties to my family members from what men call hereditary. I cut the spiritual and physical ties to mental problems, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, arthritis, all types of tumors, all forms of cancer, every type of diabetes, schizophrenia, bipolar disease, any form of spiritual, mental, and physical disease attached to my family bloodline is broken right now in Jesus name. I reject every negative word spoken over my spirit, my mind, and my body. Whether it came from a friend, family member, doctor, or a pastor. I reject it, cut it off, and cancel it. Now in the name of Jesus, I reject, cancel, rebuke, destroy, and bind up every negative spiritual force and unclean spirit that was behind my demise in this area. Father, I thank you that I am free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. After today, I am what you said I am. I will be what you said I will be. Saved, holy, righteous, delivered, free, safe, protected, healed, and prosperous. After today, the only thing I will inherit is what comes from heaven. After today, the only thing I will inherit is what comes from your house. After today, the only thing I will inherit is what comes from your word. After today, the only thing I will inherit is what comes from you. I believe I receive this. I believe I receive this. I believe I receive all of this. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands. Give God thanks. Father, we bless and honor you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We bless and honor your holy name, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Lift your hands. Just worship the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Lord God. Let him minister to you because he may bring up certain things that have been said over you. Thank you, O Lord God, that all of those things have been canceled. Thank you, Lord God, that there is no spiritual or mental or no physical thing that the enemy will be able to use to have a hold on us anymore. Thank you, O Lord God, that after today, every string, every rubber band, every cord, every chain, every yoke, every burden will be lifted, be cut, and be destroyed. Thank you, O Lord God, that as a result of what has been prayed today, I thank you, O Lord God, that they are free. Every unclean spirit is bound and rooted up and cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord God, for this. Thank you, Lord God, for freedom. Thank you for yokes being destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Thank you, O oh Lord God, for your peace coming on the inside of them. Thank you, Lord God, for healing take place in their mind, in their soul, and in their spirit, and in their bodies. Thank you, Father God, for it. Blessed be your holy name. Open up your mouth one more time. Thank God that you are free. Thank God that the only attachment that you have is now to heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you.